Amen. It's great to have you guys here this morning, and we are uh, closing up a series today, actually, Uncommon Community. Been walking through it since the beginning of February here, and Uncommon Community, talking about what does it mean when Jesus Christ has much to do with the place as you rally people together. That's when you get Uncommon Community, right? Community is when you put a couple people in the room and they're kind of nice to each other, right? And we experience community all over the place through life. But the reality is community often can leave us lacking, wanting, and needing. And what are we missing? We're missing Jesus Christ pouring into the place. That's what we're missing. And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today as we close with an exclamation point. We're looking at encouraging one another. To encourage one another, all right? So turn with me to Philippians 1. Starting in verses 3, going through 11, we're going to have ushers coming forward. they got Bibles in their hands, so if you need one, just raise your hand. They'll get one there. We're going to walk verse by verse through this, all right? Philippians 1, starting in verse 3, and uh, encouraging one another. We're going to pull out a list of five different things here that we need to be going after if we're going to be encouraging, biblically encouraging, all right? Encouraging the way God calls us to. Number one, here we go. Be thankful for all. Be thankful for all. It starts in verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Thank. That's a word that means to appreciate, to, uh, to see the good in. You know, when something happens and you're like, that's awesome, Lord, and I appreciate, I can see where you're headed with, and... Thank you, right? To be thankful, says, in all my remembrances of you. In all. How many? Seriously? I mean, were there no human beings in that church? In all my remembrances? Like there never was one bad instance. Not one moment where you think of it and you're like, oh, wish that hadn't happened and not thankful for that, but right? he says, I thank my God in all my remembrances. Question, is Paul lying? See, all too often we read scripture and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, blah, 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 not really, let's just keep moving. But that's what it says, man. In all my remembrances, that means the good and the bad, putting it all together, Paul sees something different than just the moment and the hurt. You hearing that? He's seeing something across the spectrum that God is doing, and that's what he's thanking God for as he thinks in, in every remembrance, he sees God's arms over it. God's doing something, man, and thankful for. It's a huge deal. Otherwise, we end up with the list. You know what I'm talking about? The things I'm not thankful for. We're pretty adept at delivering that list, actually. We really like delivering that list. And uh, let's be careful. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Just so you know, the church at Philippi, man, they had a lot of stuff going on. There were a lot of hurts. There were a lot of needs. There were a lot of confrontations there were a lot of darker moments. There were a lot of tough situations. And Paul's like, yeah, in every one of those. I'm telling you, there were people in the church when they heard these, these words read off where a tear came to their eye as they were in awe of what God is doing. 
and even of the forgiveness that Paul is displaying in the midst. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. And uh, I just want to say a little bit about this. We're going to get back to it in just a second, but please be careful. This is not one of those moments where it's a behavior modification call out. Like, just change the words on your lips. It's not that. Everybody say, it's not that. It's not like you're sitting there and what the words that start to come up are, I can't stand. And you're like, I can't. I, I, I thank Jesus. That, that's not what he's talking about. Okay? Nice try. Right? Nice effort. But he's not talking about behavior modification. He's talking about so much more. We'll get there in just a second. He's talking about heart change, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm thankful for you in every remembrance of you. Everybody say, that's a big deal. And we start living this way, it's going to rock our world. All right? And uh, so simple question before we jump on. Uh, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with being thankful in every circumstance for those around you? Got somebody you need to be getting to and just saying, I love you. Want to get some things right or, or maybe everything already has been made right and you just keep harboring it anyway and it's time to just say, Lord, help me set it down. I want to be thankful for you at work in this family, thankful for you at work in this church, thankful for you at work in my workplace with my friends and Lord, I'm going to lift you up. What is it that you need to put before God so that you can go after this command, thankful in all? circumstances, remembrances, all right? That's the first step of encouragement. I'm telling you, you can't encourage well if this isn't where you are, all right? Second for encouragement, second ingredient, be prayerful for all. Be prayerful for all. It's really attached to the first part. I just wanted to separate it out so that we made sure we see the difference and the distinction here. There is a thankfulness, and now there's a prayerfulness going on. He says, uh, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. That's a lot of those alls and everys, right? Have you ever heard this phrase, never say never and always? Have you ever heard that? Like in a battle, right? You always, right? Or you never, right? I'm, I'm seeing some of you. You're like nodding or reminding the person next to them that they just said that to you. Right? And we got to be careful. We don't use those words when it comes to fighting and battling. But you know what? When it comes to Jesus Christ and his work in our lives, there's times where those words are absolutely applicable. And this is definitely one of those. And look what he's saying. Always, in every prayer. Uh, in how many prayers? Every prayer. Not just some, not just most, but every prayer of mine for you all. For how many? Right? It's not, Lord, I love to pray for these three people. They are so sweet. I love them. I will always remember them well. Those nine, though? No. Right? That, that's not what he's calling us to, right? It's like, for all people, in all circumstances, seeing God at work, Lord, may my prayer really be rocking to the core the allness of thankfulness of you at work. All right? And uh, 
always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Not teeth gritted, not bitterness, not anger, not, right? That's what comes when you're muscling it. How do I know I'm muscling it? Because I'm having to force it out. This is when it just naturally comes. And, uh, with joy. I just wrote the words down with joy. Celebration. Trust. Excitement and expectation. Joy. It's something that is true despite the circumstances as you're passionate about God's hand at work in the place. About God's hand at work in your life and in their life. And uh, he goes on, he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now, because of your partnership, like we're a team, man. In fact, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And so, hey, Harvest Bible Chapel, Peoria, hear me. We need to be locking arms together. We need to be caring for each other. We need to be longing for each other and praying for each other. We need to be thankful for each other. And uh, there may be someone that you are having issues with It needs to get resolved. And uh, God, may you be glorified in the midst. I want to be prayerfully, passionately lifting this place up for you. You ready to do that? That's our call. That God might be glorified. When we say encourage one another, it's not memorize five phrases that are very encouraging and then go say those repeatedly to people when really that has nothing to do with where you're at or what you're thinking or what you're feeling. It's not that. Everybody say it's not that. So what is it then? And uh, all right, here we go. Some of you are like, I was wondering what this was all about. All right, here we go. So... This is you and me, all right? This is you and me. And uh, what comes out of us is what's in us. Did you know that? And, uh, and so this isn't God saying, I know there's a bunch of muck in you. Please control that. Like that's, that's not what he's saying. And in fact, whatever we keep trying to do, we keep pouring it out, and it just keeps coming out that. What are we missing? We're going to see it in this passage. It's going to come up in a little bit. But what we're missing is the impact of the Holy Spirit, right? What we're missing is it's supposed to look more like him pouring in and filling us, right? Being filled with the Holy Spirit, him impacting. Now you and I, as we're walking around in the body, as we're working with other people, what comes out looks very different. Is this you? Or is this you? That's the question. And uh, be filled with the Spirit. Be thankful and prayerful. If this is what you're finding coming out, destructive or hurtful or hateful or not wanting the best of or longing for something to happen to them because, or well, it's time to get a little bit of Holy Spirit impact in your life. And uh, Lord, please help me to be that. May I go after that. Notice what we did not do. We did not put a filter on the outside of this and continue to pour out whatever was inside and try to strain it so it looks better. That's muscling it. 
down with filters, up with complete change of what's in the heart. And all of God's people said, that's a beautiful spot for an amen. That's what we need to be going after, all right? When God calls us to these alls and everys, it doesn't happen by us humanly putting filters on. It happens by God changing it from the inside out. So here's my question for you. Are you in tune with the Almighty? Are you hearing from Him and filled by Him, ready to rock this place for Him? Let me even say it this way. Prayer. It's a time where we come before Him humbly and longing for the best in others and ourselves. I'm not even sure if I know how to pray. I'm not even sure what I should do in those moments. All right, I'm just going to throw this in. All right, gear shift. We're going to throw it in right now. Here we go. Have you ever heard this analogy or this uh, acronym? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. ACTS, right? And uh, some of us have heard it a lot. Some of us have never heard it before. So just write it down, A-C-T-S. Prayer. If I'm going to go after it with God, I'm going to have to make sure it's not just about me running in and saying, Lord, here's what I want, right? And so while these words here, in fact, the word for prayer here is actually prayer requests. It's supplications, if you will. That's the word that he's using there. But in our broader sense of prayer, it starts with the A, adoration. That's, God, you are awesome. Not because of what you've done in my life. That'll come in a little bit. God, you are just awesome. You know everything. You can do anything. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all-awesome. From eternity past to eternity future, you are love. Like, you hear it? It's not yet what he's done for me at all. It's just who he is. Adoration. Next, confession. Um, and Lord, in light of who you are, that is not, I am not acting appropriately. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And uh, what needs to change? Lord, reveal confession. Right? True, true prayer will start with the awesomeness of God and you confessing up what is not in alignment with him. Lord, please forgive me. Now we get to the T, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Right? This is where we start bringing in, you are that God and it's affecting my life. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing in my family. Thank you for the work you're doing in me. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in this area. I hand over this problem to you, and I trust you because of what you've done yesterday. I, I thank you for that, and I know you're still at work. Thank you. Right? It's back to the be thankful statement above. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Notice we haven't asked for one thing yet. Now supplication. Lord, in, in light of who you are, could you work in this area? Lord, I, I long for this to be done. Will you take care of this? And, and I'm praying for you to handle this. And this is what I'm looking for. And, and, but not my will be done. Your will be done. Okay, as close together as you can. Lord, here's what I'm looking for but your will be done, all right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. 
as I was walking through the prayer piece here and closing out, there were just some faces that were like, dude, I'm not even sure. I know what to do. So at least those are some steps, right? You can start out with a little bit of a recipe of how to sit down and say, Lord, done with me, up with you. May you be glorified. Time to be thankful and prayerful, filled with the Spirit. May God impact us. All right? Those are the first two steps in encouragement. Third, be hopeful in Christ. Be hopeful in Christ. To be encouraging, we need to have our hope set and anchored on Jesus Christ. All right? He says here, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ. I am sure of this. And uh, this literally, if you look at the original language, it literally is saying, and I am persuaded by the truth. That's what it literally means, okay? It's a work that's done on us, persuading as God is revealing the truth and showing it out, and we're in awe as our jaw drops and we see him and we gain confidence. I am sure. God, your truth is revealing and making clear to me what's going on. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, everybody say that's God the Father. He's doing a work in you, man. He's allowing for transition to take place as you come to trust Christ as Savior, as he begins to work in your soul and transform, as he declares over you, this one is righteous. And it's not true at all. But legally he declares it and now he goes to make it actually true as he changes you one degree of glory to the next. He's beginning a good work in you. And it says we are sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That means he will make good on what he says. Hear me on this one. When he says... You are righteous, he will make good on that. Are you hearing me? When he says, there is therefore now no condemnation, he will make good on that. When he says that he is going to perfect and glorify, he is going to bring you to a level where there is no more sin, he will make good on that. And man, there are days where it doesn't feel like it. Amen? Where we're wrestling with ourselves and we're repeating the same doggone junk as yesterday and trying to figure out how to let it go and God, what's wrong with me? And whisper from the pit of hell now, you'll never get that right. You'll never get that right. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus Christ at work in your life and he who began a good work in you will complete it will complete it. Victory over sin, this broken world done, our God being glorified, 100% awesome. That's hope, all right? Here's what hope is not. Well, I'm going to try really hard, and I think tomorrow I'm going to be able to keep this sin from breaking out. I just put all the hope in me. And I'm going to try to do all the effort. And maybe I can keep it from busting out and ruining me or someone next to me. And, uh, that's hopeless. Hope. 
in Christ. And uh, it says that it will be uh, brought to completion. And uh, this is the word glorification. You might want to write that word down. Brought to completion. That's glorification. That's you being made perfect. When is that? Will that be like next Tuesday? And, uh, dude, only if Jesus Christ is coming back then. Right? And uh, when is it? It says, at the day of Jesus Christ. Anybody who tells you that you can actually have 100% victory over sin, perfection, this side of heaven, you can live it out, fully perfect, absolute perfection, you'll see it and taste it. And I got a few verses I'd want to talk to him about. And this is one of them. It doesn't say it happens when you put all your effort in. It doesn't say it'll happen while you're bearing this physical body that is broken. It says it'll happen at the day of Jesus Christ. At the day of Jesus Christ. When he returns. All right? When Jesus Christ returns and he's making everything perfect, I'm just telling you, he's going to do some serious fanfare on that thing. He talks about this massive trumpet booming forth. Get this. The heavens thundering with this trumpet blasting that says, the hope will be realized now. It is done. This war is over. This battle is through. This broken world is done. And Jesus Christ reigns. And all of God's people said, that's what we're talking about. That is the declaration of this passage. Hope in Jesus Christ. And we have to get that straight. And uh, that at the day of Jesus Christ, when those who have passed away, who are already in heaven, their bodies raised first and rushed towards them, and a glorified body meets with glorified soul, that those who are alive at the time are somehow caught up in the twinkling of an eye and perfected in that moment. And there is absolute perfection, body and soul together, and Christ being glorified, and all tears wiped away in an amazing moment with him. Hope. We work with that hope. That is our God. All right? Now that's encouragement. You can do it. Right? Be very careful with your encouragement. I don't understand, man. I told them like 93 times that they could do it. And, and they were still kind of not. Maybe they have more a sense of what's going on then. Right? It's time to get Jesus Christ in the middle of it. It's time to get the Holy Spirit working on it. We are told that he changes us from one degree of glory to the next. 2 Corinthians 3. May God be at work in our lives. Our hope is always in him. True biblical encouragement, massively vertical. All right? Hope. All right, let's lighten it up a little for a sec here. So uh, this past week was a big week in our home. Uh, my daughter Alyssa, who turned 16 back in the beginning of February, was allowed to go get her driver's license. Uh, they have a policy that you have to, it's like nine months after you take the class or whatever, so she had to wait even a month after she turned 16, okay? So she's a little bit ahead, she's a junior, and she was 15 years old, so we were talking about this back when she was 
really even 14 years old, and they were saying she wasn't allowed to, by her age, to take driver's ed. She had to postpone it based on her age. So all the kids in her class and all of her ages were taking the, this driver's ed class and getting excited and going out and practicing and all the rest, and we're having to talk about the day when she can, right? And we started talking about hope elements. Uh, we talked about Friday for a year, maybe more, in different ways. And uh, so John and took Alyssa over. They were very well prepared. They went through that the last time with Meg and didn't have a few things. So this time she was ready to go and brought in all the right paperwork. She had to do a little bit of a driver's test thing to prove she knew what she could do. And she ended up getting a picture, which I thought the picture looked awesome. And of course she said, no, it doesn't, but that's all right. No. So she got her driver's license and we're like, hey, what's the first thing you want to do? And she's like, well, I'm thinking I'm going to drive to Washington. And we're like, yeah, think again. <laughs> right? And uh, so she ended up driving in Morton down to the Dairy Queen to pick up some ice cream with a friend. And uh, did a little celebration moment. I'm sure they did a little dance of joy. And I'm sure she played one of her happy songs that she loves to play. And uh, hope, man. And then hope realized. Right? And yes, she was practicing. And yes, she was learning. And yes, she was waiting. And then hope realized. Encouragement. It's about the process. And it's about the realization. And our God has it in hand. Okay? So, question. How are you doing as you wrestle with being hopeful? Are you looking at the sin in your life and seeing the repetitiveness of it and feeling like there's no hope? Are you looking at the sin in a family member or a friend and seeing the devastation and feeling like there's no hope? Hear me on this. God is at work. Are you embracing that? Time for us to grab that encouragement and go with all we have. Okay? Number four. Uh, be passionate for their well-being. Be passionate for their well-being. He says, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. It is right for me to feel this way because I hold you in my heart. It's this sense of, it was a phrase back then, it meant I hold you near and dear and what you feel, I feel. Hold you in my heart. What hurts you hurts me. What benefits you benefits me. I long for the good to hit your soul. I long for God to be at work. Passionate for others' well-being. He says, I hold you in my heart, for you are partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and uh, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Paul was in a war, man. And you may feel like you're in a war. Some of the stuff you're being dragged through and some of the things that God's calling you to and through. And God's got plan, but there is process, right? And uh, Paul's like, yes, in the imprisonments, beatings and whippings and starvings and 
off to the sideline and feeling like all you were doing was making much of God and what's going on, how come this, right? Partnership in that. And I'm remembering back to the times we did ministry when. Some of the most dear times in ministry are those times in war when you were on your knees and bruised the most deeply. I'll say it this way. The deepest valleys are often when we experience the highest mountain types, tops with our God. Okay? And, uh, embrace those times and remember those times and be endeared to the people where you're doing life together in those times. Longing for them and passionate for them. And uh, it says here, for God is my witness. Okay, what is he saying with that phrase? Like the word there, witness, it literally means one who will testify. This is God. He's saying, I'm telling you God would stand up and testify on my behalf. He's like, this is for real, man. I'm not making this up, and I know we've been through some hard times, church at Philippi. But hear me. Truth now. Absolute truth. God standing as my witness. Right? For God is my witness. How I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. How I yearn for you. There's this longing, this deep and passionate wanting and desiring, this hungering on their behalf. Encouragement. It will have yearning in it. It will have longing in it. It's not just some flippant statement we say on the side because we never were thinking about them and so we throw out some word or two as we quickly try to fix the problem and then move on with our own lives. Uh, that's not biblical encouragement. It's hurting with them. It's praying for them. It's thanking them. It's longing for them. It's living life with them, for them, and about them. May God glorify himself through them. Okay? That's what he's talking about. And notice he says here, yearning for them with the affection of Christ. Okay, in the original here, in the literal Greek, it says, with the liver of Jesus Christ. That's what it says. Or it could be actually broadly translated, with the guts of Christ. All right? And it was a phrase that was used back then. And it meant with the affections and the passions, with the wantings and the welling up. And uh, it's, have you ever been like with someone you know and love dearly? And they tell you something horrifying or shocking. And it almost takes your breath away where you're like, oh, and you feel it. It like grips you. And it like tears and turns at you. And that. That's what he's saying. It's like we're attached in that way. I'm sensing it. I'm feeling it with you, man. The ups and the downs. The affections of Christ. And that's what I love. It's not the affections of other person. Do you hear that? You're not feeling what they feel per this way horizontally. You are feeling what Christ is feeling for them. You hearing that? Jesus Christ and him and his hurting for them and his longing for them and his working on their behalf and his being glorified as he changes them. Christ, hear me now, he loves you. He loves you. He longs for you. He is wrecked when you're wrecked. He is passionate on your behalf. The Holy Spirit, it says, groaning out when we do not know what to pray. God, on your behalf, 
those are the affections we need to align with. You hear me? Feeling what God feels for others. Lord, help me feel that. Then we can encourage, biblically, come alongside. Okay. So uh, when he talks about these affections, he's talking about a, a sensing and understanding, a grasping it together. And I was thinking, like, what, what's a great illustration of that? And my wife and I were talking a little bit, and probably one of the best illustrations I could come up with in this last year, we have a number of people in this body who are connected uh, to an organization that goes after helping uh, kids that are struggling with cancers and uh, diseases that need to be treated, all right? And St. Jude's, you know, there's a number of families in this body that have that going on, they have had that going on, they have been wrecked and devastated as they went through, they might be in process wrecked and devastated at moments and then the next moment getting a high mountaintop experience as some positive little statement is made and they can grip onto that in the moment and the ups and the downs together and uh, this past year as we were a part of the St. Jude run and seeing all the families and all the friends and all the supporters and all the signs and all the t-shirts and all the buses and all the people, right? And all these people coming from Memphis all the way up to here and from every town in the area around rallying together and saying, we know what you're going through. And I may not have been there with you in it personally, but I'm hurting with you with God's compassion for you. And and others going, I'm right there with you in it, and I'm feeling it with you. Praying for each other, passionate for each other, cheering on each other. And, uh, and that has massive impact. And, uh, you can see the support that's sensed in the people, but more than that, uh, we actually have a real story where a couple of women in this church connected with somebody, and... Uh, just said, hey, we want to love on you. Why don't you come to church with us? And they came here back when we were at embassy. And uh, being in the service and being a part of it. And, and she was hurting through a lot of stuff and a lot of loss and a lot of pain. And, and uh, services were powerful and the worship was unbelievable. And God moving back the darkness and doing some huge things. And, and uh, she accepted Christ that day. Right? It's more than just friendship. It's eternal change, man. And, and life change. And you go fast forward now three years and she's here with us and she's thriving with us and we love on her. And more than that, she's now working in our high school ministries and she's working with the girls there and pouring into them and caring on them. And I'm just telling you, our God is awesome. Amen? Man, that's what it's all about. We must celebrate in the midst of coming alongside of each other that it's more than just a feel-good moment. May Jesus Christ be glorified as eternity is affected. Now that's biblical encouragement. Okay? All right. So again, how are you doing with being passionate for those around you? Being aware of what they're going through, hurting with them, praying with them, spending time with them, longing for them. Okay? That's our call. Lord, help me yearn with your affections for those around me. Last, be specific in your encouragement. 
Be specific in your encouragement. Verses 9 through 11. Be specific in your encouragement. It says, and it is my prayer. Now he goes into a list of things that he wants to see affected. I love this list. You want to know what biblical encouragement is? Here are the things affected if we're doing it right. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Right? As we're cheerleading from the sideline, we see them actually begin to grasp God at work in their lives all the more. And the first element you see in specifics is their love getting more and more like God's, abounding more and more. This huge outpouring over the top as Christ is pouring into them and they're getting filled up and something new is pouring out. May your love be abounding more and more. May you be filled with the Spirit more and more, okay? And uh, he says, with knowledge and all discernment. With knowledge and all discernment. Man, it is not encouragement if you separate from what is very, very needed and true. You hearing me? It is not encouragement to separate from what is knowledgeable and discerning. That is not a help. And we must be very careful here. His challenge with knowledge and all discernment. How much? Yeah, you might want to turn and tell the people next to you. He means all. He means all, man. Not just a little bit of discernment. Like you get what God is doing and you see what's happening in the place and you see that it's hurting them or helping them and you're on it. Discernment. Huge part of encouragement. Has to be helpful and practical in their lives and working with God and what he's doing. And that says, so that you may approve what is excellent. Huge part of encouragement. You start getting what God's doing and you approve of it. Right? All too often we shake our fist at God when we're in the middle of a struggle. And we try to wrestle with it. We'll justify it out. We'll put phrases on it, you know. Well, I'm just trying to figure out theologically what he's doing. You know. Or maybe you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, we're broken people. We hurt. You know, I look at the Psalms. Sometimes he's crying out, shaking a fist at God. So I think I'm allowed to for nine years with no stopping, complete anger. We, we dismiss away and we stop approving of what God's doing. We stop approving of who he is and we stop approving of what is excellent. Make sure you're seeing God in the process. He's got a plan, okay? Make sure you're seeing God in the process. He's got a plan. Uh, approve what is excellent. All right, his next statement here. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. True encouragement will beget growth. Pure and blameless. In fact, in the original, this word pure, it means Okay, what they used to do is they take ceramic and when it would crack, they would put wax on it to try to fill in the crack, okay? And so ceramic cracked and patched is what you're trying to catch. And this word pure literally means to have been lifted up into the bright light and exposed and no crack found. That's what the word means. That's a powerful illustration, isn't it? I read that this week. I was like, wow, that word carries a ton. We lose so much when we're like, pure. Right? And then we start talking about it when we're talking about water bottles now. We're right? like, the water's pure. And uh, 
Trust me, less than pure in this meaning. You know what I mean? And uh, we got to be so careful with it. It means lifted up into the sunlight and checked and no crack found. That's what our goal is as we help them, as we encourage them. We long for them not to feel good in the moment with where they're at, but to be healed. Mercy hearts, hear me on this. Uh, If you're one of those that loves to come alongside somebody hurting, it's really important that we do at some level have perspective towards the healing, okay? And there are moments where they might not want to hear a challenge, but they need to hear it. And that is biblical encouragement as we long for them to be helped and healed, okay? Big deal. And uh, truth hearts. You're like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, lighten up, dude. Okay, we have to be careful on the other side as well, right? It's not all truth. It's not all grace. It's a balance that has to come together, and it's a dance we do as we learn as human beings. All right? And uh, Make sure you've got that in perspective. And his last statement here, uh, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. I'm not sure this analogy or illustration could come up more times in this passage. Filled, now it pours out clean. Do not try to be putting filters on. Do not try to be controlling yourself. Every time you see it coming out a way you didn't want it, that's a moment where you go before your God and say, I confess. There's something in me that needs to go, Lord, and what is it and what needs to be cleaned up? And may you have your work in me, and I'm longing for you to glorify yourself through me as you lift me up towards you. Change me, not filter me. Okay? That's our battle cry. And uh, All right. Why would we do all of this stuff? To the glory and praise of God. That's it. That's his closing piece here. To the glory and praise of God. Lord, everything we do, may you be glorified. Lord, everything we go after, may you be honored. May we encourage, may we lift up, may we celebrate always so that God is glorified. Okay? You ready? Are you ready to go out and be an encouragement? Lord, help me where I'm at to take a deep breath and lean into the person next to me and cheer him on biblically, wanting to see you work, wanting to, for you to be glorified. I'll just say this. When you truly encourage, three things are going to be affected, okay? The physical, you're going to actually be involved in the physical needs they have going on. If you're going to be a real encouragement, you're really going to come alongside those kinds of needs. Physical, emotional. You're going to say the words that need to be said in the right time that help lift them up. You're not just going to be a positive into a negative situation. You hear me on that? We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. There is a time that you need to spend with someone hearing from them before you get to correct in. Okay? Be careful with all of that. Okay, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. You are praying for them. You are longing for them. And you are coming alongside. That's biblical encouragement at its best. Be specific. All right? Okay, that said, I'm going to throw one very specific one out to you guys as we close here. I just want you to know this. Next week, we're going to be going through a passage. We're going to be talking about church planting and why we're all over that and why we're big on that. 
But we're going to tie it together to a little bit of what's going on in missions and some of what we have going on down in Harvest Bible Chapel, Jack Mel. All right? So down in Jack Mel right now, you've heard Steve say they're just thriving. They've had, you know, I'm not even sure the exact numbers. I won't say them. They have a lot of people saved and baptized, right? A lot going on. They've got over 800 in attendance. The room that they have to do church in fits 100. No, they're not doing eight church services. Okay, so they have 100 inside, and they have a bunch of people out in the courtyard, and they're running two services, and they're going after it. By the way, church service starts at 7 a.m. See you at 7 next week. (laughs) So they have 100 people inside, and they got a bunch of people in the courtyard, and and that's what they're going after, all right? And they're building a building to try to go after, trying to make amends there. And the, the building that they're going after is somewhere in the seven to 900,000 range, depending on some details. They've got the first story built. They've spent up. They've got over 200,000 into it. And uh, two or three weeks ago, the money ended. Okay, so they're in a spot where they're on hold. And uh, they're serving and worshiping and having a blast in the courtyard. That's where they are. Uh, and here's what I'm requesting for us to be. Next week, let's talk it through. And I'll... Uh, Talk with your family this week about what it might look like to do some over and above giving, all right? Like continuing to give here, continuing your tithing here, but what might we be able to do of an over and above gift there? And we're going to do a collection at the end of next week's service, okay? I want to give you a heads up so you're not just caught then and caught off guard, all right? But they're in a spot and they could use some assist and I would love to see this church rally and rally in a large way, okay? I would love to see us be able to put a lot of money down on that so that they could keep moving. It's not our job to pay all, not that at all, right? They've got some 500000 or more that needs to be still there. I'm not saying that, but we should be able to put a good number of dollars down to be able to help them. We've got a lot of people with a lot of ability and a lot of heart. And you know what? God's doing some huge things in that church. We could be a physical encouragement, much like the churches in Macedonia and all that, right? Second Corinthians 8, a huge encouragement to them in the midst of their walk. That's one thing, one church, one thing going on, all right? So however God's blessed you, and if this is not a season where you can give, then that's where you're at. You worship your God in that. Please hear me, all right? If you're not able to give, then you're not able to give. But if you do have something over and above that you could give, we're going to be doing some collecting at the end of the service next week to be honoring them. That's one specific. Now, who's God calling you to go after here locally that you could be encouraging? that you could be reaching out to. Make sure you get a name. Okay? Let's make this a week where God is glorified and people are lifted up and encouraged towards him. There is healing taking place and life change being worked. May God be honored. And all of God's people said, let's pray.